Happy Tuesday. I am very excited because we are talking about a project that is definitely pushing the envelope on how we provide care for older adults while keeping it affordable. And we always talk about that middle market. And today we've got a guest, Mr. Peter Hines of Herbitecture, combining urban and architecture, who's gonna dive deep in the project they've been creating in Denver, Colorado, in the Mount Bello neighborhood. So with that, I am going to turn it over to Miss Catherine Wells. Hey everyone, happy Tuesday. It is gorgeous here in Colorado. I hope it's gorgeous wherever you are. If you're listening in, please feel free to um, post some comments and we'll make sure that we get your questions answered and tell us what's going on in your community too. We wanna hear about that. So today we're talking with Peter Hines and pretty excited to hear about a new community that is opening here in Denver called Open Arms. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Abby. You bet. So tell our audience, what is Open Arms? So Open Arms Assisted Living is a brand that has come out of uh, the integration of the St. Andrew Lutheran Church here in Denver and the repurposing of the St. Andrew Lutheran Church's elementary school. So we worked with the community to develop the brand Open Arms, and that brand is a standalone nonprofit but it's wholly integrated with the St. Andrew Lutheran Church. And you took, to just to be clear for our audience, you took an existing property with the church on it and you um, renovated it, correct? And added to it? <laughs> yeah, there was a, a whole laundry list of what we had to do, um, which included rezoning the property, uh, doing a full asbestos abatement uh, to the existing school, and while all that's going on, we kept the church fully operating and active uh, during the whole process. In fact, there's four congregations that use the church. So we kept them all working, uh, kept them all going active and kept the whole thing operational uh, while we did the uh, hazardous material abatement um, and then repurposed uh, the school and then added another 6,500 square feet of new construction. Wow. That, that's a that's a quite an undertaking. So, kind of let's let me ask you this: with that type of undertaking, what is your background? Because obviously, this is not your first project in any way, shape, or form. Clearly, because that's a lot to take on. So, can you give us a little bit about you know your background, how you know you're using your expertise to make this awesome project come to life? Sure, um, I, I'm a licensed architect, and I've been a licensed architect for uh, going on 15 years. And I've been, I grew up in uh, the development and architecture industry, really. Uh, my, actually, my father was in pharmaceuticals, but my best friend's dad was a developer in, uh, in real estate in New Jersey. Uh, so I've been tinkering around buildings for, for as long as I've really been alive. So we added the architecture aspect to the construction aspect. Um, and I've been working in telehealth on how to integrate that into uh, long-term care facilities for about 10 years now. So we were able to bring in that technological aspect. And I also chair a, a community development financial institution. Um, so I understood the finance aspects of affordable housing uh, to an extent. So I also was one of the board guy, guys that ran City Park Dad uh, in Denver here for five years. So wow. I've been on property uh, quite a bit. So okay. taking all those experiences and rolling them together uh, really culminated in this project. That's awesome. 
So Peter, tell our audience what motivated you to do this. This is a really big undertaking and you had to mobilize a lot of people to make this happen. Well, the people, you know, at the end of the day, some people that motivated me. Um, St. Andrew Lutheran Church came to me and said, our school is empty. It's been empty for six years. What do we do with it? Uh, and I sat down with the church leadership and, and we had long discussions about what their goals were, what their mission was. And, and really how we were gonna keep their church in the community uh, because they were, school, the school is empty. Um, and you know, they're not property managers, uh, they're spiritual managers. So my effort was really to work with the church and first and foremost, keep them here. And secondly, create a mission-based revenue stream um, that they can all benefit from. And that's really what motivated me to do it was how do we keep the church in the community how do we repurpose an, uh, an old building? You know, how do we do it sustainably? And then how do we meet the needs of the community here in Montpello at a price point and a caregiving um, you know, program that they needed? So we rolled all of those factors uh, together into the same equation. And then you just figure it out from there. <laughs> you make it sound easy. Just figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I was just, I was thinking about all the, the different pieces you're moving with <laughs> building and trying to keep the church open and adding on. And then really, you know, it sounds like we, before we got on the show, you were really talking about some of the tech that you were putting in the building. Can you elaborate? Because I'm fascinated by two things. One, the way that some forward thinkers are using tech to their advantage. And then also how us in kind of the aging services, we seem to be tech apprehensive uh, when it comes to certain things. So I'd love to learn more about the technology that you've, you know, installed in, in the open arms assisted living. Sure. So, um, you know, outside the boxes is my <laughs> MO when it comes down to it. Uh, when we got into this project, which was about five years ago now, um, you know, I had already spent about five years working to integrate telehealth as a, a functional component um, into the infrastructure of facilities. Mm -hmm. So, and this one I was actually able to do it. So we have telehealth that is bedside for most remote patient monitoring. So bedside telehealth, and then we have a hub. So if you think about the rooms as a hub and spoke, we have a hub that's more diagnostic um, and, and sort of expanded from its exam basis. Hmm. So telehealth is, is throughout the whole, whole building. Um, it's all smart TV'd, so we have a full wireless mesh system that you can tap into, so there's no like cable boxes um, for TVs, there's no uh, phone lines, it's all VoIP. So wow. it's a, a fully integrated wireless system um, that runs through a fiber optic network that we have directly into the facility. So that's our telehealth system. Mm -hmm. Our lighting system is wireless. Um, so the wireless activities are, are really, they work well with the sensors. So the sensors are basically throughout the facility. So we should have very, very low uh, energy bills uh, because we can program, you know, what spaces are gonna go on and off at any given time. And we can wow. demo, you know, remotely um, our hot water situation, you know, it's all app based, so we can control hot water as we need to. If it gets too hot, we can we can turn it down. That's so we can cool. It that way, uh, all of our uh, our property lighting is LED, um, so our pole lighting, none of it's you know on the fluorescent or the incandescent spectrum. Okay. Uh, so it's all kind of low energy consumptions, and then of our mechanics, 
you know, each bedroom has its own um, through wall units that operate uh, on an auto basis. So as someone gets hot or cold, we can shut them off or turn them on basically the same way. Wow. Um, so we've integrated as, as much wireless controls as we can. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, app-based washers and dryers, um, kitchen appliances that are all kind of app-based as well. It's so, so cool. Dishwashers from, you know, across the building. So it, we find in this industry that oftentimes, as, as Francis said, there might be some tech apprehension. And much of that has to do, I think, sometimes with the fact that there isn't good wireless and mm -hmm. that can inhibit and it takes something to go, you know, redo all of that. Um, and you have to have the right, you know, partners to help you do that. You guys have built it from the ground up with fiber optics. That mm -hmm. is so cool. And you have outfitted with technology. And I, I think, too, I sometimes hear people say too much tech is not a good thing. Um, it, it removes the personal touch. And I think what you've just described is that the technology aids in giving you more time for the personal touch because it takes care of all those things that you would otherwise be spending time on. And it helps connect the residents with doctors or nurses or clinicians through telehealth when they maybe can't get out. So I just hear all kinds of ways in what you described that you're actually, you've created an environment where people can be more hands-on, more in touch and more providing care. Does that, yeah. Was that what you were going for? Yeah, Kathy, you make me feel a little bit uh, pretty good because I, I've articulated <laughs> uh, okay then. Uh, because yeah, it really is, it's meant to be invisible. Huh. Uh, unless you're actually using a piece of equipment and then that is really personal. Right. Uh, it's not in your face. Yeah. Um, but you're interfacing with it. I, I love it. I love it not only for the fact of what you're doing from a time saving, but an energy and cost saving. So that's additional funds that you can either give better, you know, better cost savings to your residents, do things different with staff. Then when you free up those kind of lost or those sunk costs, right, in electricity, in utilities, you kind of, it's hard to recoup those, but it sounds like your plan is, is essentially a cost saving metric as well too, from your more, your fixed costs, like we're used to electrical and water. Um, and so I do have to have a question. Did you guys do anything with solar? Cause I'm just curious about that at all. <laughs> uh, we tried. Um, okay. I think if we had a bigger footprint uh, mm -hmm. or a roof surface, we yeah. could have done something with solar, but we just, we're not big enough. Yeah, it's, that's why I'm still waiting for the day when solar cells get a little more efficient so you can get a little better bang for your buck. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah, we're getting there. So, Peter, tell us, who do you serve at this community? What is the ideal makeup of the residents? Yeah, so I think um, we've got a couple of different layers. Uh, of course, we have the, the single individual, and that person would be you know, 75 years of age or older, so a little bit frail, um, certainly needs some um, assistance with their activities of daily living, whether it's mobility or transferring, you know, the basics, toileting and feeding and, uh, you know, doing your housekeeping and laundry, that type of thing. Um, we do have uh, rooms for husbands and wives, uh, sisters, brothers, army buddies, you know, people that want to live together, we have that available to them. Uh, and then in our alternative care uh, license, what I would love to do is be able to serve the disabled community along with their parents 
So as the disabled um, child ages along with their parent, you know, we can still keep them together under one roof. That's really cool. That is a really cool thing. Yeah, I feel like that's something that might be missing. I don't know. I've never looked into it, but I, I know some people in that situation, and I feel like that might be a, a hole right now in the market that you're filling. Well, we hope to. Um, again, it's, it's going to come down to the technical aspects of functional licensing. Mm. All those components work, but that's what we're really looking at to, to try to give the care to. That's okay, awesome. and so it's private pay, and you also have some Medi Medicaid? Okay. 16 Medicaid beds uh, and 14 private pay. Okay. So our audience out there, if you know someone who's been looking for a Medicaid facility, Open Arms is getting ready to open. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. So yeah. please check it out. And for those of you who are looking for something a little more affordable as well. Um, and so let's talk, Peter, where is it located specifically in Denver and when are you opening? Yeah, so it's in Northeast Denver, the far Northeast Denver area. So it's five to eight miles from Denver International Airport. It's about two miles uh, north of Anschutz Medical Campus. Um, and we're on the Southeast corner of Andrews Drive and Peoria uh, in the Hawk oh. Valley. Wonderful, and when will you be opening? Uh, we expect to open up um, within the next week or two after September 8th. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. Soon. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, you've been working on this, you said, five years, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I know Morgan Jenkin work, Jenkins works with you, and she introduced yeah. me to the idea, um, I want to say, 18 months ago, and I was really, really intrigued. So it's fun to see it come to fruition here. And I feel like this might be, have you seen any other communities that have done this, repurposed a school or a church or or anything like this? Is this kind of a new road, new trail you're blazing? Uh, I don't know about that. Um, I, I think it's all uh, geographical, you know, when it comes down to it. Um, you know, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up on the East Coast and worked in Boston and outside of New York City and in Richmond before coming out here. So back east, the buildings are old uh, and the land is not as vast as I would have them. So you, you tend to do a lot of repurpose and renovation back there. Uh, out here in Colorado, it's been a real 20-year run of brand new construction. Yeah. Uh, people absorb you know, vacant lands. So out here, I think it's a new concept. Uh, but I would say in the older cities, it's not a new concept. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. If you're, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Eddie Izzard. He's a comic, a British com comedian who talks about how us Americans tend to just like rebuild because something's 20 years old. <laughs> so let's tear it down and rebuild. <laughs> yeah. So tell uh, us. We, uh, the uh, superintendent we had on the construction jobs from Vermont. Uh, so he and I got along pretty well right away. And it was like, yeah, we can do this. This is not going to be too difficult. Yeah, I have some friends on the East Coast who talk about having to move their winter closets and because their closets are so small. And I'm like, I don't even understand that. You <laughs> walk-in closets everywhere. Yeah. Um, we like new things, don't we? So tell us about the open house that's coming up. Sure. Uh, we're doing a ribbon cutting ceremony. Um, this Thursday, September 3rd at 3 p.m. Three. I got it wrong. 
My, my, my mistake. <laughs> We're going to fix that right now. September right 3rd at 3 p.m. Yeah. At 3 p.m. That's, I think that's Thursday, right? Yeah. It is Thursday, yep. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. We're going to have, you know, the, 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 the ceremonial, you know, take the scissors and, and cut the ribbon. That's exciting. Uh, there'll be some food and beverages, and, you know, there'll be some applications if you want to, you know, sign up for theater employment or, or as a resident. Uh, we'll just take you on a tour. You know, you'll see you'll see the church and the the sanctuary space is fantastic. Um, we'll show you the the multi-purpose areas and the little ice cream pub we have. Wait, uh, what? Ice cream? Yeah. So it's uh, a <laughs> we built a uh, an ice cream pub to serve as the interface between generations, um, so the the church and the assisted living can meet together around the ice cream pub and then right outside there we have raised garden beds where we're growing fruits and vegetables right now oh my goodness wow, that's, that's cool. so fabulous yeah. really cool. what a great idea too to be to bring the generations together through something like that where yeah. that's just the like the the soda bar was a thing back in the day and yeah. who doesn't love their ice cream cone i will be there <laughs> when i was growing up my grandfather lived in uh, upstate New York, and he had a bakery. So when I would get into trouble as a kid, my mother would send me up to work in the bakery. <laughs> and you know, those some of the best memories I had was working with my grandfather, making cinnamon buns and donuts and breads, right. and then bringing them, bringing them to town, and and you know, delivering the food. So it really is, you know, food is a food is a, 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 a connector. Everybody can kind of get around and bring their own cultures and customs. Uh, and modify the same things. So hopefully, you know, our, our food program, which comes from the outside, really can help. You know, we have a, a, what I call an orchard, but we have fruit trees so that the residents can make their peach cobbler or their, their apple pies, and they can get the apples right here, make the pies, you know, here in the kitchens, and then sell them to church folks on Sundays after, after church. So it, gives, it really gives the residents a, a reason to continue their their baking, their activities, and integrate with the church homes. And what I love the most about this, though, which is one thing that I think in our current, some of our, our current design of aging, you know, living, is it's a segregation, right? It's it's a lot of people that were of the same group were putting together 100, 150, right? But what I love about what you're doing here is it's this intergenerational, intercommunity. We're not saying, hey, you're older, you need to go live away from us. We want you to include and be interconnected, which is, I think, the most important way to make sure someone has purpose, someone has a service mind, someone has a desire to be a part of the community. And I can't thank you enough because that, I believe, is a big piece we're missing in some of our current long-term care environments. It is this yeah, that we have. So I applaud you. I mean, sincerely, I think it is phenomenal because that's this ability to truly connect generations and not isolate. Sorry about that. It's okay. This is live. This is what happens. Our phones ring all the time. Especially when we're finishing up a construction of a project, everybody. They probably need to. But Francis, you're right. You know, I mean, the you know, my dad lives in memory care, and 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 I think the more that comes out of the community into a community really makes everybody happy and, and it gets rid of the isolation aspect. It gives people meaning of living again. And folks, you know, they've got stories. You know, we've got a guy here in the church who's 80 years old and, 
and he just captivates everybody when he starts telling his story about the 1960s and 50s and so on. So, you know, people have stories they want to tell. Uh, and yeah. how do we want to pull that together? Well, as a, as a, again, as a kid that would go to my grandfather's house when, you know, when my mother would be like, you got to go do something. <laughs> uh, and there's stories that started to teach me, oh, okay, it's not all about me, it's about them. Yeah. You know, and how do you bring that to your day-to-day -day life? So, yeah, there's, there's stories to tell you. It's so wonderful what you're doing. And um, just to be clear for our audience, so if you have someone looking for a Medicaid community um, or someone who is looking for more affordable uh, senior living, this is a great place to go check out on September 3rd at 3 o'clock for the open house. There is an ice cream pub of all things, so definitely go check it out. Um, and Peter, you mentioned early on that kind of the ideal audience is 75 and, and older. Is that a requirement? Do they need to be that? Okay. So do you have an age requirement? I believe our, our minimum is 65. Okay. But really, but our, for us, you know, for us, it's really 70 and up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is wonderful. And it looks like a stunning facility. And you mentioned that uh, half the landscape is done right now, if not more. So really excited to go see it. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to reach out to you or learn more about Open Arms, where can they go? Uh, I would say just go to the Open Arms Assisted Living website, um, org. Um, you could probably get my information from that website, um, but that's our, that's our direct website uh, or www.urbantexture.com and you can find out more about the company. Excellent. And, and for you listeners, if you uh, can't find that information for whatever reason, feel free to reach out to us and we'll connect you to Peter. And Peter, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Yes. Thank, thank you. Guys. Thanks. Awesome, awesome project. And I, pretty confident you're not going to have any issues with residents wanting to live there. I think you're going to have to have a wait list for a long time, given what uh, the creativity and I think the uh, you know, adaptability, ingenuity that has been put into the building. So I, again, I, I give you a ton of credit. This is a very cool, cool project to see. Well, when you guys want to come by for a tour, just let me know. Will do. Happy. We definitely will. And I <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Peter. Have a great day. <laughs> and real quick before I go, I want to say join us Friday as we are going to be talking with the Greenhouse Project. So you've got to check in, stay tuned to see who our guest is, and also learn more about the Greenhouse Project. So until then, we hope you have a wonderful day. Enjoy the weather wherever you are. And we appreciate you for tuning in. And we will see everybody Friday.